everyone who is listening on a Friday or whatever day of the week it is. My name is Andrew Van Houston, and I'm one of your hosts of Club C47, joined with your other co-host. Sally Dar Griffin. What's up? How are you, Andrew? I'm doing good. New week. I, I say that every time, but it is a new week. New day, new episode. Can't complain. How about you on your end? Um. Yeah, this week, honestly... It's confusing because the weeks feel like they're going by faster and faster, but at the same time, it's so it's a slow crawl to the end of the semester. So we're almost technically done with our first year at LMU. We have yeah, like two crazy. weeks left. Yeah, yeah, like two weeks, but then there's exams, so it makes it more like three weeks and, and final screening. So it's really yeah. So it's about three weeks. Could you imagine like when we started off this podcast was the like second week of school our first year at LMU and now we're about to end it's all I mean obviously we don't we're not even going to talk about how crazy the world is right now because it's so crazy but it is crazy how long we've been doing this podcast honestly I know did you expect for us to go this long <laughs> oh I mean I had faith personally I don't know what you think oh I definitely had faith I think if you have your heart set on something, you might as well just go for it. And I yeah. think we have our heart set on creating content. And this is just another way to do that. Content creators, baby. That's what we are. We love that. <laughs> have you have you been seeing that a lot of festivals are coming up for people to submit like content they've created during their time in quarantine to like just submit it to random festivals that are going to be shown on the internet? I've got a lot of emails from professors, but they're more about um, like writing specs or submitting feature scripts to like win money or, you know, win an award. I haven't seen so much about, I guess, quote unquote content, which I feel like implies more video stuff. No, I haven't seen any of those. That's interesting. You know, know. as a content creator myself, I should probably look into that. (laughs) Roger Corman, who is known for creating B-rated movies, he's doing a festival where you're supposed to create something during your time in quarantine and send it in by April 29th, I believe is when I saw. So if anyone's interested out there and wants to create a movie in five days, here's your chance. And he's looking for B rated movies too. So it doesn't need to be your best prime work, but you know what? Check it out. Check out all these cool festivals and opportunities. If you're, if you're really out there bored and have nothing to do. Speaking of being bored, what have you been doing to keep yourself preoccupied besides animal crossing? Have you found a new outlet? Or is that the still that that's the go-to outlet still? It's Animal Crossing still, at least once a day, twice usually, and then I have been trying to do some at-home workouts every once in a while. What have you been doing? Is it on YouTube or I'm just curious? Like, do you watch a YouTube video? I'll just kind of just like see what's out there. Might do a few things here and there. I'll have something on usually while I do it. So yeah. Um, whether it's a movie or just some music, just like a little bit of exercise. Going before you continue, I am like fully of the belief that if I had a treadmill in my living room in front of my TV, I think that I would just be the fittest bitch out there. Bitch out there. Oh, I, I agree. Yeah, like why more people need treadmills smack dab in front of a flat screen. But the treadmills in people's houses, I mean, my family doesn't have one, but everybody's treadmill is like in the garage or like, you know, somewhere where it's, like, not a visual... Like, it's in the basement, you know? It's, like, put yeah, that sorry. in the living room. Yeah, it's, like, there's TVs at your 
typical gym but the only difference is you have to physically get to the gym in order to watch tv when you can just watch tv in the comfort of your own home wearing whatever you want and not feeling the need to drive anywhere so yeah i do agree that i feel i would be a lot fitter is your um, apartment gym closed right now you know i haven't even checked i i assumed so uh yesterday was because i i because i moved back to my apartment last weekend yesterday my sister and i took a little walk outside the area and it was very very empty where everything definitely seemed closed did you walk up by campus yeah i did and all of the benches around campus and the parks like they all had caution tape on them that's that's yeah they don't want people sitting on the benches or sitting anywhere even like the basketball hoops near lmu's campus they had caution tape over them they didn't want anyone near anything but people were walking and people were keeping their distance within each other so that's the good thing that's good here it's a different story so there was actually a protest on sunday on so i live next to the tennessee river and there's a few bridges that go over the river to you know just travel but um the walking bridge has been closed because obviously people congregate there but then the driving bridges are still open but so people congregated on the driving bridge, which I didn't go down there, so I didn't see. But I think they got like in the middle of the road or maybe they were just lining the sidewalks. But people protest. I mean, this happened in a lot of cities, but some people without masks, some people with masks. There was pictures of it in the newspaper. And it's just like, I, I just I just can't. I just can't. It's crazy. Yeah, and, and there and Georgia is projected to open up this week. Their yeah. governor said that movie theaters even can be open, though a lot of movie theaters are reluctant to open, and I don't think they are going to. Yeah, my sister lives in Atlanta, and so my mom, we talk to her like pretty much every day, and my mom is like, I know you're smart and you're not going to go out still, but you know, as a mom, I still have to tell you. And she's like, yeah, I know I'm not going out. But she says in her area that she lives in, a lot of places, even though – they're saying that, oh, it's open. A lot of places are saying, no, we're not opening. So the gyms around my sister, coffee shops or whatever, a lot of them are staying closed because they don't want to open. Like they don't want to be in the news for being the place, but also because they don't want to open. Like they're not comfortable with it either, which is what Tennessee is like. But luckily our, like our, my city's mayor, he's way more good about this kind of thing as opposed to our governor. So my town seems pretty good right now. That's good. That's good. Yeah. You always want to you always want to hear good news. Yes. That's that's very important. It's just interesting the things that they've like chosen. It was like movie theaters, massage parlors, like manicure places. An interesting list of places. And I'm like those are places where people like I don't know a massage place like oh yeah, out of quarantine the first place I want to go is to get a massage. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I would think you would want to do something else, but you know People have their own tastes and what they want. <laughs> and what they want after this. I mean, we talked about last week what we wanted after all of this is over. So I guess we can't complain. Someone might want a massage and they can go have their massage. <laughs> so speaking of movie theaters, what movies have you been watching lately at home? I know we were talking a little bit beforehand. And every, it, it seems like every week I don't really have like a, a nice list compared to you, in my opinion. No, oh my god, no, yes you do. It's just because I don't have Animal Crossing. So basically all the time that you spend on Animal Crossing, I dedicate that to watching something. But I only spend, I only spend like an hour or two a day on Animal Crossing, which I guess is an hour and a half movie. So yeah, you're, yeah. you're, you're right, you're right. I kind of slacked this week though. I didn't watch as much. I went a few days without watching something. 
Uh, both of us watched the same movie this week, different mm-hmm. times. I watched it yesterday, and you watched it like four or five days ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was uh, There Will Be Blood, which is a 2007 film directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, which stars Daniel Day-Lewis as a kind of vile oil man. And then you have Paul Dano in it, and I enjoyed his performance so so much in that movie i i guess i can talk about my little spiel on the movie real quick yeah go for it i i've heard about this movie before but it really never like stuck out to me i guess because it, it wasn't one that was like immediately on my radar but it got added to netflix not too long ago and then there was an article posted on the guardian three days ago that film twitter just lost their shit about it, it's really no big deal but it was trending on twitter and it was basically a woman who wrote about how she didn't think in There Will Be Blood is good, even though, like, all the men in her life have been trying to get her to see it. She just doesn't understand the hype and thinks it's sort of overrated. And she, it was a pretty negative review. I don't want to get too much into it. I don't know if I necessarily agree with everything she says. But I after after seeing that, and a few friends also have told me, you need to watch it. It's so, so good. I decided to sit down and watch it yesterday as I was doing a little bit of gym workout in the, in the morning. And yeah, I really, really enjoyed the visuals so much. I thought I thought it was very stunning. The way oil is just visualized in the film is just so magical to me. I know that's kind of weird to say. That's my that's no, my film, bro. Well, because I mean, it's a period piece, right? And I think any period piece that has just good set design, costume design, it's automatically in my book. You know, like it's commendable, you know, even if you don't like the story, period pieces are so difficult. And I think that period piece, especially with the oil, just, you know, think about, think about shooting some of those scenes where the oil goes everywhere. I I just need to know how many times did they have to do those takes, like, especially all the explosions and stuff, their clothes getting ruined, like falling down into these deep wells. Like it's just, it's so involved. And then on top of that, the story is good, but just let just alone the production design and just the oil is just, it's crazy. And I I like the first 15 minutes because it, it it was important narrative to the story, but it was all silent and Mm -hmm. and it let you pay attention to the visuals and let you pay attention to what was going on. And you felt bad for the the man who got killed while he was drilling oil, you know, Mm -hmm. and that was the first drop of blood in this two and a half hour movie. They didn't lie. There, there was blood. There was blood. There was plenty of blood. I, I did wasn't too excited when I heard it was two and a half hours, but I think it went by pretty decently. I mean, there was times that I was more intrigued than others, and mm-hmm. I definitely think it's one movie you have to rewatch because yeah, there's so much explicit detail and like, and then just so much you want to be like mesmerized by, and but you also need to logically think and like understand what these characters are going through because. I, I still, like, struggle with, like, the development of Daniel Day-Lewis's character, Daniel, which makes it so easy, by the way. I'm glad it was, like, mm-hmm. parallel. And so, yeah. because I just, he just goes mad so quickly, and part of me needs to observe, like, how it all happens and how his arc comes through. I think that's so interesting as a writer and director, um, Paul Thomas Anderson got to explore that. It's also because I feel like, and this was kind of my letterbox review, which I don't really write serious letterbox reviews, but I was basically saying, oh, when someone says that their family comes from oil, this is what I'm going to picture their ancestors to look like, which isn't, I mean, it might not, it's obviously this is more, you know, played up and whatever. 
But I also think it's interesting to think about it's such a, like a large amount of money that these people make. And then you see him in his like huge house at the end. But just thinking about like there were people that did act maybe not as vile as Daniel Day-Lewis, but like people were horrible like that to get ahead, I'm sure. And so it's interesting if you think about people that are, you know, the grandson's grandson, you know, like that are still alive today that had these ancestors that were the ones buying the buying this land and drilling this stuff, whatever. I don't know. It's just interesting to think like, I wonder what they did to get ahead or because they couldn't have been perfect angels, you know? I don't know. So it's interesting. I mean, I don't know that many people that their family comes from oil, but I like there's like a boy in undergrad. I'm like, damn, I wonder what his ancestors are like. <laughs> Which yeah. is such so funny. It's also I think it's also very under it's it's funny, but not in a um an obvious way. The one that the one line that everybody's obsessed with is at the very end when he talks about milkshakes and stuff. But I also I don't know, I think it's it's a drama, first and foremost, obviously. But there's something about it that's just like kinda cheeky is that the word I don't know because they they're like always kind of picking on each other if that makes sense yeah I can I can see it a little bit I definitely felt more of a serious tone the whole time no, yeah, I mean it is serious but I can I get what you're saying I get what you're saying I think towards the end but I also was just more shocked at the end with mm-hmm. how everything and it wasn't just that last scene it was the scene before too when he it confronts his son I don't want to spoil it for anyone but like right. He talks to his son. And so I thought that was such a powerful scene too. And for me, it was like the dialogue interactions between them. They all work. And then I, I guess the funny cheesy part is how it ended in a bowling alley. Yeah. The whole, the whole, you start with a whole story about oil and you expect like these shots to be grand with oil machines. And then it ends in a bowling alley out of all places. It's, it's, it's wild. It's wild. It's striking. It's striking. Yeah, that's I know you wrote that in your review too. I was about to comment and was like, haha, striking. Yeah. I tried to go for a pun there. I, I saw it. I got I, I picked up I was picking up what you put down. You know what's interesting? So I watched it because it's been on like the, my Netflix homepage. So I watched it like four or five days ago, and then that Guardian article came out. And then and I was confused. I was like, wow, I was really on top. But I think it's obviously it's it's been on everybody's Netflix homepage. I didn't see the it trending on Twitter, but what I did see is our friend Nura. She had posted something on Twitter and was just saying, Oh, There Will Be Blood is a perfect movie because on her letterbox, it's one of her top four favorite movies, which I've been meaning to text her and ask her about because Nora, me and her, like we have very similar taste and like the kind of movies that we gravitate towards. And There Will Be Blood isn't something I naturally gravitate towards. And so I'm wondering why it's one of her top four favorite movies. And I still haven't texted her about it. So um, she was very up in arms about the article because she loves it. Yeah, it it does bring an interesting point, though, is like, I feel I don't want to get too much into gender, but just like it was a very male dominant. The whole the whole film was male dominant. And so I didn't pass the Brechtel no, test. No. Not it didn't it did not pass at all. Pass the reverse Bechdel test. <laughs> Basically. It was everything opposite. And then like I, I nowadays if this movie was created, people might I don't know if people would complain about it or people would accept it because I guess like that's just how life was viewed during this time, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like the one woman who spoke, her name was Mary, and she was a little girl. And the only though her one line was basically, "What are the men doing?" And so yeah. I just thought that was an interesting 
line choice. Well, on top of that, even when she did speak, she was sometimes doing sign language. You know, they were like, I mean, it was very brief, like at a, they're at a, a wedding ceremony. I don't this isn't really spoiling anything, but she's signing her vows, I think. And it's like, we can't even hear her say her vows. They, they kept her very quiet the whole time. And I mean, I guess it wasn't it was never about her, the story. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. If someone were to remake a movie, maybe not this exact movie, but do something similar it could be interesting to do it more from the female perspective of the people living in this town would I guess be like the more modern take on it. The one scene that struck with me was anytime Paul Dano's character Eli was in the church and he was just praising, especially with the older lady who had arthritis. I thought that was very terrifying, but very well done. I thought that just religion and the whole thing was very interesting because I mean, I'm not a very religious person, but obviously I think, you know, as, time goes on as years pass religion does become a little bit more modern I guess so like if watching something from the 1910s it was more intense the way that he was preaching and I'm like ah you know what I I don't know like it was just so dated but also just so and I don't know like was every church like that in the 1910s or was he an extreme preacher I don't know it makes it look very haunting which is what Uh, would be the tone I would use to describe this film. I think it's very scary despite it just being a drama. There's so many like horror films out there, but this drama feels scary and haunting. And I do feel the church scenes have a lot to do with it too. Well, I also just think it's so scary because I think about, you know, working in oil, those men that are just putting their life on the line and they're not getting any of the big money, you know, like they're not reaping any of the rewards. Like they're, when it comes down to it, they're a blue collar worker and they're putting their life on the line. And to me, that's terrifying. And that's probably more synonymous. Well, I mean, there are people that still work in oil today, but it would be synonymous to like a coal miner who's putting their life on the line. You know, that's the fear to me is just those men doing that knowing they could die any second it's just it's just intense the whole idea it's definitely a different i i think for me it was also not a movie i would pick up right away and it was interesting Mm -hmm. kind of learning a little bit about it it's based off a book called oil by umpton sinclair i don't know if you've heard of it i'm now interested in reading the book because i've i've liked one of his other pieces of work so maybe that'll be on my radar soon i I guess my i guess final like wrapping up on this discussion is there will be blood is what some people consider to be the greatest movie of the 2000s however it lost the academy awards um for best picture it lost to no country for old men which is directed by the coen brothers so i think those i think that year stands out to people because those were two very strong films that came out and i don't know if it was obvious which one was going to win that year i haven't seen no country for old men have you maybe yes. I'll, I'll put that on my list so then i can give a better answer next week uh, for you who who would you have picked to see i need i need to rewatch both of them again because i 100 percent need to rewatch there will be blood and no country for old men i i liked it a lot but i also know there's so much more i probably missed out on during my first viewing that i need to explore again before i can make that decision yeah you know honestly and you know um, we're just going to include this in this episode a fun idea for future podcasts would be to pick a year for an award season and try to watch all of the movies and then see what we would have picked or like fill out a ballot and just kind of compare our preferences to I think it'd be fun to do like an older year you know like 2003 or something and just see see what the vibe is maybe that will be our next thing after the brackets done 
Yeah, it would be really good too because then we'd become kind of a, an expert on a certain year in film in that award season. Um, but what else have you been watching beyond There Will Be Blood? Anything? You said you watched The Hangover, didn't you? Yeah, we're not going to talk about we're not going to talk you about that. No, no, no. <laughs> I was going to say what prompted that decision? But uh, you need an easy watchable movie. I haven't seen it before, and I wanted oh, you to, no, and I wanted to see what Todd Phillips was like outside of Joker. We'll just put it that way. End of, end of story. I was disappointed. Ah. I see. Well, okay, I watched another, um, I guess, notable movie, like There Will Be Blood. I feel like everybody knows that title. I watched Fight Club today, which obviously everybody knows about that movie. And I basically, and I wrote this in my letterbox review, but I did not know what this movie was about. It's one of those movies that obviously I know the name. I know the cover. I know that people always talk about the soap and I know people talk about like oh the the rule of fight club is don't talk about fight club or whatever but I did not know what the substance was was of the movie was at all I had no clue and it's one of those movies that I've always avoided spoilers for somehow and I watched it and when I began it like 10 minutes in it was not what I expected at all I don't know what I expected but it had so much more spirit than I thought like I just thought it was about an underground club but immediately yeah. off the bat it's like so and I hate this word, but it's so quirky, you know, like breaking the fourth wall, the camera work is insane. And just the way it's told. And I was like, this is not, this is not what I thought it would be. I personally loved it a lot. I, I thought it had a lot of pizzazz. I loved the story. I loved the way the story was told. Um, I kind of saw, and we won't spoil this, but I kind of saw the twist of it coming because I was like looking at certain things in the beginning and I was like, wait, something's not adding up here. And I didn't, in my mind, I didn't like place my finger on it. But when it happened, I was like, oh, right. Yeah, that's why I was like suspicious. But I really enjoyed it. And I'm finally, I'm very happy that I finally watched it because I needed to. That's a good way to spend your Thursday. Yeah. Do you have any other movies you're trying to watch in the future? For some reason. So I also watched Coco a few days ago and I've been really gravitating towards children's movies i think it's because you know if i watch something like fight club or there will be blood then i feel like i need to balance it out with something that's very uplifting and animated i've been really liking animated films uh i know i, I talked about this i think last episode but i watched wally and then i watched coco and so now i'm kind of just i'm into animated films i don't know so i kind of want to watch paddington one and two i haven't seen paddington i haven't seen him either People love Paddington. People live and breathe for Paddington, and I yeah. do not know the hype. Yeah, I so I, I want to watch Paddington. There's Secret Life of Pets 2 is on Netflix. I know Despicable Me is on Netflix, so if you want some minion yeah, action. But yeah, so I'm hopefully some animated films in the coming week. Speaking of Netflix, so Netflix reveal, uh, uh, revealed all of their May things that are coming out, which is really exciting. Is there anything you're very excited for? So there's a few things. But the first thing that I noticed was that they're coming out with, I think it's a movie or maybe a limited series. I can't remember. But it's called Space Force. And so it's obviously making fun of Trump and his Space Force thing, uh, which I hadn't heard of it before they announced this. Was I think people knew that they were making this before. But um, yeah. that's going to be interesting because I think Steve Carell is in it. Lisa Kudrow, I believe, is in it. Oh, is she in it too? Yeah. Let's see what else I'm interested in. I'm very interested in Uncut Gems, which is not coming out till the end of May, but I still haven't seen it, so... And you can see it in good quality now. Yeah. 
And then the other thing I'm really excited for is the show Hollywood, which is the Ryan Murphy show with uh, Darren Chris. I love Darren Chris. He's he's a great actor. I could I think he is incredible. So I want to see what he does in it because I really don't know much about it. But I know it's supposed to be some drama about making a movie in um, classic Hollywood era. Yeah, I think it. I, I think it's something that everyone will love, but I think we specifically will love it because I actually was listening to another podcast and they were talking about it. And I think it's about old Hollywood, but kind of what will people do to get ahead in Hollywood? And so I think for people like us that are trying to get their foot in the door, it'll be interesting to see how people try to try to get ahead. And it's yeah. it's also Ryan Murphy, so it's definitely going to deal with obscure and maybe controversial topics. Yeah. So that would be something to look forward to. I don't know the release date for it. Hollywood May 1st. Yeah, I, I bet he's going to deal with some difficult... I mean, I mean, we all know, like, Harvey Weinstein, like, all Me Too movement, all of that stuff. And I'm sure that he'll he's going to talk about it. Yeah, but I also do think it's going to be more classic Hollywood, so I think those things would be referred. It won't be... It won't be, like, prominent. Or he'll have characters that might yeah. emulate someone, but it's not really them or it's not clear yeah i would expect that with yeah him also the charlie and the chocolate factories are both coming on if you're looking for something to that's so funny so willy wonka and the chocolate factory and charlie and the chocolate factory i'm seeing that on this what's on web's netflix website right now i haven't seen the them in a long long time i mean i feel like they're always on tv just randomly so i I, I mean, I've seen them all the way through, but I also just sometimes see random clips of it when it's just randomly on TV, you know? There are also some good feel-good movies. And then Dead to Me season two. I still haven't seen season one, but I need I, to. I haven't, seen, I haven't either. I don't know if I need to. This is, It's not like anything that's super on my radar. It's on my list, but yeah, I haven't like just take, taken the plunge. My main man, Jerry Seinfeld, has something coming out called 23 Hours to Kill. I don't really know what it's about, but some kind of comedy special. Um, so that's exciting for me, personally. Ben Platt, also, the other podcast I listen to, they're obsessed with Ben Platt, and he's having, a, like, a concert music Netflix special. Okay, you know, you know what's coming out? The Lovebirds, which was, you know, shown in... It was going to be shown in theaters, but I guess they're just putting it straight to Netflix. I'm excited for it. I mean, it's just a comedy. It doesn't seem like it's going to be, you know, record-breaking, but it's just a comedy that you'll probably watch, laugh once. Um, But I'm excited to see it because it's set in New Orleans. And so the trailer had me really excited because I could tell it was in New Orleans. And so I want to see it because I want to see where they're filming. Because a lot of times, like, there was a lot of films that were filmed on my campus, but also just around... New Orleans, and it'll be fun to just recognize where they are. So I'll be watching that on May 22nd. I have one more recommendation that when you brought up Ben Platt, I wanted to bring up is um, Beanie Feldstein, because you know they're best friends, is Beanie Feldstein was in a movie in 2019 called How to Build a Girl, and it's based off a book. Yeah, I was about to say, I've heard of the book. Yeah, and so it was, it was released in 2019 at TIFF, and then it's going to be on Amazon, or it's going to be released. It's going to be released somewhere. I I think it it has Emma Thompson, Beanie, Beanie Feldstein, Elfie Eldon, it it's it's it, Chris O'Dowd. It'll be a good cast. So that, I haven't read the book, but that's so interesting because yeah, I've always heard of 
the book because it's one of those books that's always on those like Pinterest list of like 20 books to read in your 20s, like those kind of things. And so that's why I've heard of it because I yeah. I browse lists like that. <laughs> <laughs> those fun little like what to do lists. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of good stuff coming out. I, I mean, now that we're in a month into quarantine, I think a lot of streaming services have realized that I mean, things that were in theaters are just going straight to online or they're kind of beefing up what they're offering because they realize more people are online. Yeah. So, May, there's going to be a ton of content. HBO Max. And HBO Max, which I I always get confused because I have HBO Go and I don't know how that's different from HBO Max. I think it's just like more original content that you can watch. They're going to really, it looked like they were releasing all all the friends is going to be on it. Some recent movie, The Matrix, Joker, various movies that you might be interested in. Wizard of Oz, I know is going to be on it. So South Park. Nice. Yeah, I watched Fight Club on HBO Go today. But yeah, May's going to be a May's going to be good. We're going to be done with school, and all I'm going to be doing is watching movies and making TikToks. That seems what <laughs> my life is going to be. Maybe order Animal Crossing. Maybe order Animal Crossing. Honestly, yeah. <sighs> We'll turn into an Animal Crossing podcast. Honestly, I wonder if there is one out there. Oh, I'm sure there is. is. That's what I'll be doing during my classes, listening to a podcast (laughs) about Animal Crossing. Just kidding. So we're going to try to be a little shorter this week on our episodes, mainly because one, it's quarantine, so very little news is out. But also, two, we wanted to try to go a little shorter. So we're about kind of close to the end of this episode but we still have the infamous disney bracket that we are still following that we need to reveal who's moving on to the final two. Oh my god it's so scary so let's let's remind our viewers listeners let's remind our listeners who um they got the option to vote for so on the animation side of the bracket we had lilo and stitch versus the incredibles and then on the live action side we had the parent trap versus lizzie mcguire so sally dar what do you what do you think how do you think the results went okay so i think who oh my god i can't i don't know okay so on twitter i think i voted for i think parent trap is going to win out of parent trap lizzie mcguire but i think on twitter i honestly voted for lizzie mcguire because i was thinking about my childhood experience and i love both movies but I do think that Lizzie McGuire, I worshipped a little bit more, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I, I wanted to be Lizzie McGuire. I also wanted to be in The Parent Trap, but I wanted to be Lizzie McGuire, you know? So that's yeah. why I voted for that, because it just impacted me more personally. And then what was okay. it? The Incredibles versus... And I think I voted for The Incredibles on that, because that just was more my childhood. Okay. Would you like to share what you voted for? Yeah, so I voted for The Parent Trap for the matchup only because The Parent Trap already has, like, iconic itself. And I think out of the the four left, it's a definitely... It, it's one that I'd be willing to watch, like, right now because yeah. it's something I haven't yeah. seen in a while and I'd be willing to watch it. And then... With Leo and Stitch and the Incredibles, I really didn't know because this isn't really how I pictured the bracket going. So that was kind of a little harder for me. But I had to represent the Disney Pixar side because that's what side I made. So therefore, I went with the Incredibles. 
So reveal. let's reveal. It's going to be the Parent Trap and the Incredibles, isn't it? You think it's going to be the Parent Trap and the Incredibles? I think so. You are correct. Oh, and we already know Parent Trap is going to win it all. You, Which you, we called from the beginning, didn't we? I, you guys called it very, very early. But you know what? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe maybe we'll be surprised. I didn't think I didn't think the Incredibles was going to get that far. I, I, I don't know if, if it really has... A chance against the parent trap, which is kind of sad, but it could surprise yeah, I mean, us. It surprised me the whole time. We've talked about it at length that parent trap is just it appeals to so many different people, which I think is why it it's it's gonna it's gonna win and it's gonna take it off. So much credit because it's an underdog in the sense of it beat out it had harder competition than the parent trap, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It had to beat out Up. It had to beat out Ratatouille. It had to beat out Monsters, Inc. And then Lilo yeah, and Stitch. Yeah, that one's shocking to me. Yeah, so it really had a interesting it road. A secret, it has a secret fan base that's stronger than we knew. Yeah, so maybe maybe we'll be surprised, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm, maybe. I'm not so... That would be the upset of the quarantine. Yeah, <laughs> I know. With all the brackets going on right so last week, my family did a fun bracket where it was all of these f- sit-down restaurants. I think I shared it with you. Did you put it on Twitter? I, I shared it with you on Instagram, but it was it was it was like the best sit-down restaurant, and it was really really fun. So my family and I did it. There was like five of us, so it was just like first the three would move on, but it was like there was the welcome to Chili's region, there was the wine and dine the bread and butter region and then i think it, it might have been like breakfast or something i don't know but um olive garden won out of all of the options people really rep olive garden which i came to this realization like three ish years ago i think just being online people are obsessed with olive garden in a very interesting like i didn't understand that there was this yeah. weird cult following behind it but i do think it comes from the endless salad bowl and the endless pasta i do think that is where it originates from but it beat out outback steakhouse and california pizza kitchen and ihop those are the that, that was the final four Wait, was Chili's in this mix? Yeah, it didn't make it far in our in our family. So what? this is what my family refers to these restaurants as, which I think it is actually a term, but I've never heard anyone use it. My family refers to restaurants that are kind of like chains, but also very family-oriented, I guess, is the way you would describe them, as yeah. fern bars is what we call them, because they all have fake plants just all around. And yeah. they do typically feature a bar, but it's not a kind of bar that you would just like go to on the weekends. But like Chili's has a bar. Outback Steakhouse has a bar, but you can sit at if you want to. Does that make sense? Yeah, we actually had like, there was a few that didn't have a bar. So Waffle House was in the bracket. Yeah, that's, that's not a burn bar. Um, oh my God, I probably would have voted for Waffle House actually. It made the sweet, no, it made the sweet 16, yeah, was Waffle House. So yeah, it was, I think it was, there was, it was like a, it was like a major bracket. It was like one of the March Madness ones that were for real. It was huge, but it was really fun. I was rooting for P.F. Chang's, but. Oh my God. I do love a good P.F. Chang's. Didn't make it as far as I want. And I don't think it was fair. And I think it would have won if it made past the round it lost, but that's just my own opinion. My favorite kind of, of like the Olive Gardens, Chili's, TGI Fridays, like those Applebee's, those kind of restaurants. My favorite's Chili's. 
But out of like the things you were describing, I probably would have picked Waffle House. Well, Waffle House was the only like really obscure one in the group because there was an Applebee's. I don't think Applebee's made it past the first round. Oh my God. It was Ruby Tuesdays in there. Have you been to Ruby Tuesday? Ruby Tuesdays might've been. Yeah. It, it, it lost the Cheddars in the first round. Oh, see, I have been to Cheddars only one time. So. Uh, Cheddars are so, you, you and I need to do this bracket. We'll do this bracket another day. Yeah. Actually send it to me because that sounds really fun. Oh, yeah, I'll Maybe send- I'll do it with my parents tonight. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a fun one. It's on Barstool Sports if anyone's interested in listening out there. So we're kind of close to the end of our episode. Yeah, I hope you guys like the shorter um, episodes. Let us know. I think that they're more easily digestible. I think like once you go over 50 minutes, sometimes it's just a lot, you know? Do you have, uh, you want to drop your ads? Yeah, I'm Sally Dar, Sally Dar Griffin, everywhere. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd. I'm everywhere, baby. YouTube. Okay, people are like shocked that I know how to fake cry. To me, fake crying is the easiest thing. I can't fake cry, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> I mean, maybe I should go into acting, you know? Yes. Fuck behind the camera. Just go in front of it. My ads are avanhusen15, and that's how you'll be able to vote on Twitter for this final round. Let us know which Disney movie you think is the best out of the two that we have. Um. Yeah. And you guys enjoy your week, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.